Hey, how you doing guys? Welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue and today we're going to be talking about uh, type 9. We're going to be doing an intro to type 9. Um, in this series, I, uh, I set out to try to do all 9 in one video and let's just say I, I didn't get that done. I got 1 through 4 and then I did 5 and 6 and I did 7 and 8 and then 9 gets their whole video just to themselves. So I want to welcome all you 9s and all you people that love 9s and are relating to 9s and I hope to... Uh, um, give you a little bit of an introduction into uh, the personality type nine. We're going to be drawing from this book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram. It's a classic. And uh, in the early pages, there's introductions to each type. So I'm just kind of reading the introduction that is um, um, here in the book and then just talking about it, whatever comes to mind. And I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, in the description below is a link to my website. I do offer coaching appointments, um, Enneagram coaching appointments, relationship appointments. Um, and I'd love to hear from you, uh, if you if you want to take advantage of that service. Uh, also, uh, we offer a certificate program in Enneagram coaching. So all that information is on the website. I want to thank you, uh, my patrons. I really appreciate your support for the channel. And always inviting people, if they want to support the channel, just jump on over to Patreon. It's all listed in the description below. Uh, also, my daughters do appointments. Grace and Kaylee both do appointments as well. And, and their information is in the description as well. Uh, Kaylee is a nine, so if you're a nine and you want to talk to a nine that understands the Enneagram and and you know has to develop uh, health herself, she's a great person to talk to. That's Kaylee. Grace is the eight. All right, so let's talk uh, about the nine. The what's listed here in the in the text, and then let's just see where it takes us. Okay, it says type nine, the peacemaker. Okay, and I think even that we you know we could talk about that for a second. The difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Because a nine of average health, or maybe you might think of just normal health or low health, tends to be kind of a peacekeeper. Whatever I got to do to to make this problem go away. I don't want to deal with problems, and so um, I'll agree with people, or I'll, I will withdraw from people, or I will ignore people, or I won't deal with uh, people maybe the way I should, because I just want to keep the peace. Keeping the peace is far different than making peace. Um, it's going to take some courage to make peace. You're going to have to know what you want and uh, know what you're trying to achieve. And then you're going to have to sometimes even challenge others in order to make peace. Nines are mediators. They mediate conflict. Um, they, they, they do see multiple perspectives. Uh, the perspective they often have a hard time seeing is their own. But they do see other people's perspectives very strongly. And since they see other people's perspectives, they tend to um, try to mediate conflict. In other words, if Bob and Frank are having a disagreement and you can see both sides of the argument, then you try to help them listen to each other and see each other's perspective. You know, one of the reasons I think nines are, are able to see perspectives or I don't know which one comes first they're able to see the perspective or or their desire to not have to move and change causes them to be able to see perspectives but one of the benefits we might say of being able to see both sides of any issue or both sides of, a, of an argument is you fundamentally don't have to move to one side or the other if both sides make sense or all sides you know have their perspective then I don't really need to necessarily move from the ground I'm standing on to join one of those sides. And so this is kind of a self-protective strategy 
to not have to move. And nines, you know, they're sinus sloth, right? It's kind of like their feet are in concrete. And so they don't necessarily want to have to shift, change, move, and sometimes can really relish in the status quo. Now, there's a good side to that, you know. Uh, these are stable people. These tend to be stable people that are stabilizing forces, stabilizing forces in organizations. They don't necessarily want to rock the boat. They don't necessarily understand why other people do rock the boat. Seems like, you know, the priority should be to keep the boat stable. Of course, there's a dark side to this. Um, you know, status quo is Latin for the the mess that we are in, right? Um, we need to be willing to challenge the status quo. At times, the status quo is not healthy or is not beneficial to everybody or is not just or fair or the status quo is not going to lead us to a better life. I think nines, they do have a, a engine under their hood. They might look at all the other types and think, wow, I wish I was more driven. I wish I was more... You know, I knew my goals better. I wish I could focus my attention and go after something. But, you know, I look at all the options and I think I'm really happy with any of it. I'm happy with, with all of it. I, I'm content where I am. And that's a very good thing to be content. Again, there's a dark side to being content. Is um, what in your life is really going to improve or change if you're just content with the way things are? And it's good to be content, but maybe some things in life you shouldn't be content with. You know, maybe like the relationship that you have with your, with your, with your children or with your parents. You know, should you be content with the way things are? Or should you be working to improve the, the performance at work or the environment at work? Should you be always content with that? Or maybe, you know, you, you might consider how you might work to improve. Um, and so being at peace, you know, is really the engine that's under the hood. And when, and, and that comes with sort of a caveat is that when you, when you desperately seek peace and tranquility and harmony and comfort, it's hard to look motivated like you're moving after something when your motivation is, I just want to have peace. I just want to have harmony. All right, so peacemaker, I like it. Mediator, uh, the easygoing, self-effacing type. Self-effacing means you don't take yourself too seriously. You're willing to laugh at yourself. You're willing to, you know, um, you don't you don't insert yourself into situations where it is not appropriate. Um, you know, again, that's a very good thing. That's one of the things we appreciate about nines is they. They don't insert themselves into problems that they're not a part of. Some types do that, you know. Some types tend to think that, oh, this must be about me. This must be in some way uh, because of me. If the kids don't want to come home for Christmas and they're going to go to the in-laws, then it's probably me. It's probably because they don't want to be connected to me. It's probably because of what something I said uh, when we got together the last time over the 4th of July. It's probably something I said. It's probably something about me. They're not pleased with me. They're not happy with me. Nines don't tend to insert themselves you know, like some other types might, they might 
tend to think, oh, this doesn't have anything to do with me. I mean, why I'm not that important to people self-effacing. I'm not that important to people that they would change their plans because of me. And so some types might insert themselves into problems that they really have nothing to do with and see that, oh, this is probably about me. Nines, the problem might very well be about you as a nine, but your tendency as a nine is to back out of it and, well, this really can't be about me. This is, this is something else. This is some issue they're having or they, they just prefer to, to go to a different city or they just want a different experience. This doesn't have anything to do with me or what I've said or how I relate to them because nines tend to not feel that important. They don't feel like their words would matter that much or their relationship would matter that much that people would seek them out and want to be with them. And so there's a good side to that and there's kind of a negative side that um, that of course you do matter and your words do matter and you are a person of significance um, and we're glad that you don't insert yourself into problems but we also that being said don't want you to take yourself out of problems that are very much about you okay sometimes sometimes um, you know part of the problem or part of the situation involves you and your behavior or your attitudes. And we don't want you to, to just back out of that and think, well, it doesn't have anything to do with me when, when maybe, you know, you, you are a part of, of the situation. Okay. Self-effacing type. Nines are accepting. Okay. Trusting and stable. Again, stable sounds great, right? Stable. We want stable people. But, you know, there's a, there's a price for all of this stability. Um, to what degree do you moderate yourself in order to be so stable? Meaning, you know, when you're in a situation that's unpleasant, other types might respond in an unpleasant way. They might speak up. They might verbalize or vocalize their frustrations. Well, it says here that nines are accepting. Okay. Um, and stable, accepting, trusting, and stable. Maybe some things we shouldn't accept. Maybe some things and some um, relationships and some um, words that people are saying should not be tolerated. You know, we want to live in a very tolerant society, right? Uh, everybody is very proud of how tolerant they are. But the reality is there's a lot of things in this world that should not be tolerated. Um, you know, what if somebody's abusive? What if somebody is oppressive? What if somebody is racist? What if somebody is uh, vulgar or vile? Or what if somebody is uh, harassing another person or bullying another person? Should you be tolerant? Well, a nine's tendency is, well, you know, I mean, Nine's tendency is to be understanding and tolerant. And that's good. Again, we're very glad. It's just that sometimes with all of us, the very things that are working for us in some situations can tend to work against us in other situations. So it's great to be accepting and trusting, tolerant, um, stable, and all of that. It's very good to be that 70% of the time, 80% of the time. But knowing when it is not appropriate 
to back out of a relationship or back out of a conversation or back out of a problem, knowing when it is not the best time to be stable. Sometimes it is appropriate to be agitated. Sometimes it is appropriate to be aggravated, to speak up and to challenge other people. So I think it's so important that a nine has a eight wing and a one wing. I mean, it really does balance out that gentle nineness, that self-effacing, accepting, trusting nineness. Who's not self-effacing and trusting? Who's not known to be the most stable? Well, eights, ones. I mean, these people are very opinionated. They have a very strong view of the way things should be. And ones and eights are going to tend to speak up. They're going to tend to say something if they think something is not being done correctly or somebody's not being treated fairly. And I think it's very important for a nine to get very familiar with both wings and be able to lean on both of those wings when it is appropriate. Um, so, okay, what else? They are good-natured. Great! We love good-natured. I mean, sevens are good-natured, right? Um, I don't know that I'd say sevens are good-natured. I'd say sevens are more positive and optimistic, playful, fun-loving. That's a little different than good-natured. You know, good-natured, just good people that tend to not want to have problems, not cause problems. And, I, man, I really appreciate that. But, you know, in life there are things that are really problems. And sometimes good-natured people don't necessarily uh, want to deal with problems because they want to be good-natured. They want to perceive themselves as easy to get along with, mild-mannered, um, harmonious. And if I speak up, if I say something, then I might lose that perception of myself or others perceiving me as easy to get along with, mild-mannered and harmonious and good-natured. Not everybody can be good-natured all the time, okay? Good lesson for the ones, you know. Not everybody can be good-natured all the time. Uh, it is appropriate at times to get frustrated. It is very understandable, at least, even if we, maybe you think appropriate is too far. Okay, well, let's just say understandable. It's understandable that anybody would get frustrated, that anybody would come across as frustrated. It doesn't mean that you're uh, a jerk or a bad person. It doesn't mean, I know nines can have that one voice very much aimed at them. You know, don't be a problem, be a good person, you know, get along and don't make trouble for others. But it is very realistic to, to expect that at times people are going to get frustrated and they're going to look frustrated. It is not very realistic to think that a person will never be upset, frustrated, agitated, irritated, aggravated. It's not realistic to think that. Do you as a nine expect other people at times to get frustrated and are you okay with that? Do you, do you realize as a nine that sometimes people get frustrated and does it does, are you okay with that fact that sometimes people get frustrated? Do you, uh, do you disconnect from everyone in your life simply because they are frustrated or simply because they're agitated or simply because they, they um, have a strong opinion about something? Probably not. 
Um, probably not. Probably you're fine with that. Probably you expect that. Probably you acclimate yourself to that. And again, I ask the question of nines that I always ask, is it okay for normal people to get irritated, agitated, frustrated, aggravated, upset, hurt, disgusted? Is it okay for normal people to respond that way at times in their relationships, at work, at school, in their communities? Is it okay? Is it okay for normal people to get frustrated? Sure, right? Well, then it's okay for you. If it's okay for normal people and it's something that you just understand and you even expect is gonna happen, then it's okay for you to, at times, get in touch with your own aggravation, your own frustration. I think it is very helpful for nines to try to, to try to look inward and get in touch with the stuff that would frustrate other people. Because as a nine, you don't necessarily want to get frustrated, especially the nine wing ones. But even nine eights, they don't want, they'll get frustrated and they want to let it go. You know, um, they don't want to sit with that and seethe with that anger. And I appreciate that. I don't want to seethe with anger either. I don't think any of us want to. But I think it's very helpful for you as nines to sit still long enough. And when I say sit still for a seven, that means rest. When I say sit still for a nine, that means engage. Sit still with the music off, with the Netflix off, with you know no people around you, as close to nature as possible. And just let bubble up what bubbles up. And I don't mean zone out, okay? I'm not saying zone out on a rock somewhere in the sun merging with nature okay I'm not saying that that there's other times for that but I think what would be healthy for many nines is to just sit still and and observe what they're feeling and observe what they're thinking uh, as if you're watching a movie screen and the tendency and I want you to observe this in yourself the tendency is when something comes up that is unpleasant when something that comes up to the surface um, that you know gives you that kind of sad feeling or that that uncomfortable feeling. Watch yourself as a nine tend to try to suppress that away and say, "Oh well, you know, I mean, they didn't really know what they were saying and they didn't really mean it, and maybe I was just having a bad day, or they were probably having a bad day, and you know, it's not you know, you know my parents did the best as best they could, and they did a lot better than a lot of other parents." And okay. Look at your tendency to try to talk yourself out of anything that would feel like a frustration or a problem. I want you to observe that in yourself. Um, I want you to see that. And, and then realize not every type does that, okay? Other types, when something comes up that is frustrating, they get frustrated. I mean, they look frustrated, they sound frustrated, they get aggravated, they go around talking to other people. Can you believe this garbage? Can you believe what they said to me? This is ridiculous. Why would anybody do that? Other types, when they sense the same feelings, it tends to come out, all right? They acknowledge it as anger and it comes out as anger. Notice your tendency to talk yourself out of anything that would possibly make another person angry. And again, is it okay for normal people to get frustrated and angry? Sure it is. 
then it's okay for you as well at times. And you say, well, what's the benefit of this? Why should I sit there and stew over something that happened you know, a year ago? That doesn't seem all that beneficial. Okay, the point is, as a nine, listen to yourself, okay? That's what you're not doing. You're not listening to yourself. You're talking to yourself. You're telling yourself, it's fine, it's not really a problem, they didn't really know any better, I mean, after all, they've been through a lot, and you know, it was maybe too much for me to expect. Look, you're talking to yourself, okay? Quit talking to yourself. Let it come up. Listen to yourself. What is it that nines want? They want to be heard, right? They want to be listened to, but you don't listen to yourself. You don't listen to yourself. If I say, Hey, is it fine if we go get pizza? You don't listen to yourself. You say, oh, he wants to eat pizza, so I need to say pizza's fine. Yeah, pizza's fine. You didn't listen to yourself. You, your first impulse is, what does everybody else want? And that's great. That's why you're so easy to get along with. But again, at what price to your own voice, to your own agenda, and this is what, this is what bothers you is, when you want to hear your own agenda and when you want to hear your own voice, you can't. You can't hear your own voice clearly. And so you're looking around at all the different options like, how do you pick? I don't know. I could be happy with any of them. All of them seem fine. What does anybody else think? I don't know. Other types go onto a car lot and they go, I want that one. Um, here's the two options. Uh, let me test them out. I want that one. A nine looks at them like, I, how do you, how do you select? How do you pick? Why don't you hear your own voice? Well, I think you've kind of worked really hard in life to not hear your own voice. I don't want a problem. And if I listen to my own voice, I might hear stuff that's unpleasant. I might hear stuff that makes me feel like I need to have a conversation with somebody that would be unpleasant. I don't want to have an unpleasant conversation with somebody. It's easier to just ignore it. It's easier to withdraw. It's easier to remove yourself. It's easier to blacklist people. It's easier to blacklist people than it is to deal with conflict. But at the end of the day, real relationships are always going to have some measure of conflict. Wouldn't it be better to learn to navigate conflict and be able to deal with the unpleasant things in life? Um, and so, you know, every nine wants to hear their own voice. They want to know, what do I want to do? And who should I marry? And, and what city should I live in? And what job should I work? But that same nine will then turn around and, um, and ignore the fact that their roommates ditch them. They will ignore the fact and not want to deal with the fact um, that their parents didn't show up at their graduation. Oh, well, you know, dad had worked really hard and, you know, he didn't have a very good childhood. And No! Just listen to yourself. It's frustrating. People have done things in your life. You have done things that you're not proud of and other people have done things to you that they shouldn't have. And it's not wrong for anyone to acknowledge that and say, what they did to me was unfair. What they did to me was not nice. What they did to me was wrong. And the fact that I feel angry about that is not my problem. Um, the, not, the, the fact that I feel angry about that is the natural 
response that a person should have when something in this world isn't working the way it's supposed to. When somebody in this world is not behaving the way that they're supposed to. When somebody in this world steps over the boundaries. The natural response to that should be anger. But I don't want to feel my own anger. I know you don't want to feel your own anger. But you see, you do want to feel an inclination toward a decision. But when you shut down your own voice, then guess what? When you want to hear it, maybe you can't. So I'm not saying sit on a rock and think about all the people that have wronged you and get even with them, you know, write them hate mail, um, you know, curse them. I'm not, not saying any of that. I'm saying you can't let go of anger that you don't acknowledge is there. Okay. So you can't grow through it if you refuse to acknowledge that it's even there. And so the anger of the nine is latent. It's latent. It's there because you never dealt with it. It's there because you won't acknowledge it. It's there because you pretend like it's not, but it's all there. And guess what? It leaks out in stubbornness. It leaks out in, uh, in withdrawals, withdrawing away from people. It leaks out in maybe lots of ways that, that you may be aware of, or you may not be aware of, but wouldn't it be helpful to just acknowledge it's there and then let it go? You know, then you can let it go. Once you acknowledge it's there, you can say, you know what? That was, that was, that was not right. That was wrong. That was, that was lame. You know, they shouldn't have done that. Okay. Now I can let it go. This is about hearing your own voice. It's not about dealing with anger. It's not about being upset with people. It's about learning to not shut your voice down because you feel like if I heard myself, then I'd have to do something. Then I'd have to move in some way. And I don't want to move. Okay. All right. That got way beyond intro material, didn't it? Got deep pretty fast. Um, okay. Good natured, kind hearted, easygoing, supportive. Good natured, kind hearted, easygoing, supportive. Who doesn't want that in their life? This is why I say nines. You guys, you know, in many ways are kind of like the relationship wild card. Uh, you're not wild. Okay. Not like, you know, sevens. I read a meme the other day from a seven that said, um, Yes, you party, but you don't party until you're homeless. You and I are not alike. <laughs> and it was a seven that posted that. Party until you're homeless. Okay, and sevens, you know, could be notorious for that. Um, nines are not wild, like in that sense. Um, but um, I think nines um, are wild cards in that they, they, can, they can tend to fit with a multitude of personalities. Nines tend to minimize themselves to get along with people. And so nines often end up in relationships with people that other people wouldn't necessarily want to be in relationship with. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that to, to make you think, well, maybe I should dump the, this person. I'm just saying that nines tend to be able to get along with people that other personalities might not be willing to get along with because nines will minimize themselves in order to relate. You know, the, the wound of the nine is that love has been withdrawn from me. 
and whatever love is left in life for me will certainly be withdrawn if I were to speak up. If I were to speak up and if I were to make my opinions known, if I were to say out loud what I think and how I feel, if I were able, even able to access that information, and then if I were to communicate it, then probably whatever love is left for me in this life would be taken away and withdrawn from me. That's a terrible fear, right? And it may not be a conscious fear that you have, but it's inherent at the base of what nineness is. And that could make you very willing to just kind of minimize your own voice in order to get along with a strong, dominant, mover, shaker type person. So I think that probably leads to nines often in conversations with people thinking, what do I need to say in order for this discussion to kind of wrap itself up? What do I need to say? What do I need to do? Nines tend to have that posture like, tell me what you want me to do. Or what do I need to say? If some, if a four, for example, is pushing on you, you know, you need to really know how you feel about this. You know, this is important. I'm talking about the political climate of the of, of the country and how do you feel and what do you think? And then the, the four is challenging the nine to really look inward and discover what's in there and what they think. Probably rather than doing that, the nine is more than likely thinking what do I need to say to move this person back out of my space? You know, what, what do I need to do in order to make this whole thing be done? I think most nines, you know, they tend to think of relationships like it should be easy. It should be easy. Relationships should be easy. You know, you should, you should go to work. You should come home. You walk the dog. You eat dinner. You watch television. You, you know, maybe, um, play your guitar and then you go to bed at night and you wake up tomorrow like Winnie the Pooh with no necessary agenda and you just repeat, you know, and why do we have to get into all of this such strong emotions and strong opinions and strong feelings and people getting hurt and people, you know, challenging each other and all that. Why did you know, why does it have to be like that? It should just be a lot, you know, simpler. It should be a lot easier. And if you're in a relationship with a nine, you might get frustrated at times because they won't speak up for themselves. And I just want you to be more compassionate that that may not be their 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 necessary agenda to speak up for themselves, to really know how they feel and to know... Because the nine tends to be wired to think, I want to know what other people feel so that I don't offend them, so that I don't irritate them, so that I can relate to them. And rather than being upset with the nine, maybe you could, you could be appreciative of their willingness to get along with you, um, to not be a problem. You might feel like at times that the nine is not taking your side. And you could get frustrated. You know, I could see where a one or an eight or a six, they could be very frustrated with their nine because it, it seems like that nine is not agreeing with me. Look, I think that, you know, green is the best color and, and, and everybody who thinks red is the best color is just simply out of their mind and wrong. Why would anybody think red is the best color when clearly green is the best color? And what's the nine going to say? You know, what's going to be bubbling up in the nine is I can see both sides. 
I can see why people like green, and there's really a case to be made for red. I don't know that one is better than the other. And so when the nine starts to try to communicate their ability to see both sides, you know, the person that is diehard committed to green is gonna think, well, you're, you're taking the other side. You're not really on my team. What kind of person are you? And the nine realize probably doesn't prefer either color or either side of the issue. They just prefer. And I think when people are pushing on you as a nine to tell us what you think, tell us your opinion, and you feel that, you know, that unrest of that encounter, I think stand firm on your position. Your position may sound like this. Well, you know, I, I see both sides. That's impossible. Green is certainly better than red. You can't see both sides. No, my position is, and what I feel very strongly about, is there's a case to be made for both sides. That is the referee. Nine wing eight is called the referee. So maybe learn to be comfortable in that, in that uniform. You don't wear a green team uniform and you don't wear a red team uniform. You wear the black and white referee uniform. And when people are trying to push you onto a team and you have to know how you feel about this and you have to be willing to stand up for yourself and you have to be willing to take a position and maybe your position that you vocalize is, I don't think that way. I realize it that with you guys, you tend to think one way or the other. And I understand that. I don't think that way. My position is, I don't think one way or the other. One is better than the other. I see both sides. That's the ground I stand on. No, you can't think that way. And what, they're, what they may not realize is that, you know, this is kind of the beauty of nines, is that they do see both sides. Rather than the person being irritated by that, maybe they could learn to appreciate that. And as a nine, you know, you could really offer a lot to conversations, even though you tend to be quiet, right? And controlled and moderated. You could offer a lot to conversations by being, in a sense, a devil's advocate for people, a straw man that people can spar with in conversation, but without ever being offended yourself or without ever feeling like you need to offend or be offended. When somebody says green is the best color and anybody who doesn't think so is, is an idiot, this might be an opportunity for you to say, huh, green's the best color. Well, what makes you say that? Well, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, there's a strong case to be made for red. And see, you can be somewhat of a neutral party in this while challenging the other person and giving them sort of a, you know, a sparring partner in conversation, um, just recognizing that, you know, at the end of the day, you probably don't care if it's green or red. Um, they do. They do. They're obviously very passionate about what they believe, and that's fine. That's how they see the world from that one perspective. Your perspective is, I see all sides. And maybe that's, you know, what you could fight for when somebody's pushing you to make a decision. What do you think? How do you feel about this? Your decision might be, um, I see both sides, or I see the, the, the benefit of both ways of doing things. And um, that is a very strong opinion. That is a very strong position. You may not see it as a strong position because it tends to be the middle ground or the moderator's position, but it is a very strong position to say, 
I see both sides. Okay, again, wow, I got really wrapped up in that, didn't I? So, easygoing, supportive, but they can be too willing to go along with others uh, to keep the peace. I didn't say that, okay? It's right there. They can be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. And you know what will happen? You know, you realize this, that in all relationships, we're training the other person how to relate to us. By the way we relate to them, we're training them how to relate to us. And so if you're willing to go along, when I get loud or upset or angry and you're willing to just go along with that, you've trained me that all I need to do is get a little ugly, a little growly, and then you'll, you'll cooperate. But watch what probably will happen is too many times of doing that and on the surface, you may continue to go along, but what's happening inside? Inside, you're becoming resentful. Inside, you're starting to withdraw. Now, I may never see that. And so you're not being open. Being open would say, hey, quit being a jerk. Um, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll go when I'm ready to go. But you don't say that. You, you comply on the surface because you don't want a problem and you want to be agreeable. You comply on the surface while internally you're starting to withdraw from the relationship and you're becoming resentful and your chances are you're just going to start withdrawing externally slowly and so all of a sudden you just won't come around anymore all of a sudden i just won't have interactions with you and i'll wonder what went wrong and i've never have the opportunity to apologize for what i did or said because it was never pointed out because, well, I didn't want to be a problem and I didn't want to point it out. But it's not really fair to just withdraw from a relationship without giving the other person the reason why what they're doing is prompting this withdrawing. And you might do this as a pattern in your life, just kind of back out of relationships. Look how nines back out. They back out of problems, they back out of situations, they back out of relationships. And I'm just saying, is this really the best way to manage relationship problems? To just back out and put a wall up and have no more dealings with those people? I mean, sometimes these walls that you put up and blacklist people, these relationships could have been repaired or solved if you would have just had the courage and the willingness to risk voicing your problem. If you could have said, hey, Marty, you know, I don't like it and appreciate it when you talk to me like that. Then Marty then can, is faced with a decision. Does he want to change how he relates to you and maintain the friendship? Or does he want to, you know, not care or not be concerned and, and lose the relationship? But what you're doing is you're not giving Marty an opportunity to amend his ways because he doesn't even know that there's a problem. He just realizes one day that he's not seeing you anymore. Okay. I hope that makes sense. Um, they want everything to be without conflict. <laughs> I didn't write it. Now, let me ask you the normal person question. Is, is, it, is, it, is it normal to expect everything in life to be without conflict? I, th I think you know the answer to that rhetorical question. That would not be a realistic expectation that everything is going to be without conflict. So 
Could we say that maybe you're a dreamer? Okay, nine wing one, maybe you're a dreamer. Um, conflict is not necessarily bad. Conflict, what does it do? It moves you to the six, right? So you start to feel all the anxiety of a six, and so it's unpleasant. But if you could, if you could be a little courageous and move toward conflict, not move away from it, but say, hey, you know what? There's a problem here. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to have a conversation with this person. If you could, if you could just take that little step, um, you you might have much healthier relationships, and and much healthier life okay so it's not realistic to think that a normal person can live without conflict as your body is always in conflict realize that you have an immune system that is always in conflict it never stops think about that no matter where you are no matter how you feel no matter how pure and clean your environment is if you just drank you know uh, beet juice and carrot juice every day and breathed pure oxygen and lived in a uh, you know, in a test tube, your, your immune system would still be operating, uh, getting rid of invasive, invasive things and cleaning out toxins from the body. And, and every cell is, is working and as a process is producing toxins that your body has to eliminate. Your body has an immune system that never stops. And it's not realistic. It's not realistic to think that, that you can have a, that you can have a relationship. I got distracted. I'm a seven. It's, I, you're lucky that I can even do this much, right? Okay. So uh, they want everything to be without conflict and tend to be complacent. Complacent. And minimizing anything upsetting. Minimizing anything upsetting. Minimizing. And all I'm saying is, you know, that sitting there and allowing yourself to feel what, what, what you feel is not a bad thing. You tend to minimize that voice. And and remember, when you minimize your own voice, then maybe you can't hear it when when you'd like to hear it. When when you when you're faced with opportunities, choices, decisions, maybe you can't hear your voice because you tend to minimize it. They typically have problems with passivity and stubbornness. Ooh, that's not pleasant. Passivity and stubbornness. At their best, healthy nines are indomitable. I like that, indomitable. What comes to my mind is like a tree firmly planted that you can push on it, you can push on it, you can push on it, but what? It doesn't doesn't fail, it doesn't cave in, it doesn't break, it doesn't snap. It bends with it, but it doesn't break, okay? And I see, you know, nines doing a job for 30 years um, under all the pressures, the conflicts, the new managers, the cohorts, the, the, um, the little groups of coalitions that come and go and fight for power and what does the nine do? Bends with all of that stuff and just kind of remains aloof to it passively, avoiding a lot of all of that stuff and just does their 30 years. And there is a beauty in that. There really is a beauty in that. Uh, indomitable and all-embracing. They are able to bring together people together and heal conflicts. Now that's at their best, right? In other words, the very people on the Enneagram that probably hate conflict the most tend to be the best at helping others deal with it. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Think like sixes, they tend to be the ones, right, that are always afraid of some kind of dreadful panic situation but when the actual crisis comes 
who better than a six? They, you know, they're the EMTs. They're the often the police officers. Sometimes even military, right? They're the first responders a lot of times. The ER nurses, you know, the people that fear crisis the most. Guess what? Are the best in a crisis. The people that uh, fear conflict the most and fear being disagreeable the most. Guess what? Tend to be the most helpful at mediating conflict. If, if they have courage. If they'll lean in instead of lean away and step toward the conflict and mediate and calm people down. That's what nines do. They calm people down. They say, hey, Marty, I don't think you're really hearing Sam. Sam, I don't think you're really listening to Marty. Both of you are making a good point. I think you need to listen to each other. Now, if you're of average health nine, you're not going to do that. You're going to think, oh gosh, I got to get out of here. This is unpleasant. This is disturbing my comfort. I've got to go, you know, anywhere else but be in this meeting. But a healthy nine takes a deep breath, mediates the conflict, brings people together, and gets people to do what? Listen, listen to each other. So why is it such a hard challenge for the nine to listen to themselves? Well, gave you guys a lot to think about today and um, certainly wish you the best. And uh, thank you guys for watching this channel. I hope it's a blessing to you. And as always, be present to life. Don't get stuck in your dream mode that you don't ever live it out, right? And don't get stuck in, you know, the way easy relationships should be that you miss the way relationships are. All right. Take care, guys. I'll see you next time.